At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Kristen McGlory, lifelong genius hunter. For almost a decade, I've been unearthing the recipes that have changed the way we cook. On the Genius Recipe Tapes, we're sharing the behind-the-scenes moments from talking with the geniuses themselves that we couldn't quite squeeze into the column or video. The extra genius tricks, the off-road riffs, and the personal stories that actually have nothing to do with the recipe that week. My guest this week is cookbook author Bryant Terry. We talked about his genius technique for bringing just about any vegetable to life, and in this case, it was asparagus. But because this was the very first interview we recorded when we started sheltering in place back in March, we also talked about all kinds of substitutions so that you can work with whatever you've got. Hi, Brian. Hey, Kristen. <laughs> I would really love to hear more about this recipe. Would you mind just starting there? Uh, sure. Uh, it was kind of tongue in cheek. Uh, I grew up in the South and, you know, wings are ubiquitous and lemon pepper wings are pretty popular. I've never had them, but I had this idea after watching an episode of uh, Donald Glover's Atlanta in which this whole episode centered around this, this box of these magical lemon pepper wings. And um, at the time, you know, asparagus was pretty beautiful at the markets. I saw some plump uh, asparagus spears and I thought I'd kind of play off of those lemon pepper wings and I created this creamy lemon pepper marinade and blanched the asparagus and then um, let it sit in the marinade for several hours and then I grilled it and it was pretty good. You know, I, I always say the litmus test for most of the recipes is if my daughters like them. And they were definitely into those uh, lemon pepper asparagus spears. <laughs> They're so good. And it obviously works amazingly with asparagus. But I also wanted to ask you, since we are in this strange time where people have limited access to, to groceries, if there are any substitutions that you think would work really, really well, other vegetables, but also if people can't find the silken tofu, for example, um, do you think that regular tofu could work or would it still be too kind of gritty? Yeah, I think part of the um, point of the marinade is that it should be silky and, and runny so that the, the blanched asparagus can really um, soak up, you know, those flavors. I think it might be challenging um, with, uh, you know, I don't know, like medium or firm tofu. I mean, I think one might be able to do it. I, I just, you know, maybe use an eighth of what it's called for and then just blend it really well. I think it would probably require... Uh, you know, a good blender, like a Vitamix or um, something in that, that uh, range. You know, I, I think at this point, I visit my parents in Huntsville, Alabama. I travel around the country. And the interesting thing is, 
even in conventional supermarkets, you find things like, you know, silk and tofu and, uh, you know, you can go on the quote unquote ethnic aisle and, and find a number of um, ingredients that a decade ago, you'd have to go to like some specialty uh, supermarket or a health food store. And so I, I definitely am thinking about, um, you know, all of the country, what people potentially have access to. And so uh, I wrote that pretty confident that most people would be able to find silk and tofu um, in their town or city. And do you think this would work well with a variety of other vegetables? You know, to be honest with you, I haven't even thought about using it with other vegetables. I mean, I'd be interested to try it with fennel, you know, just like taking some fennel, blanching it to soften it, and then um, letting it sit in there marinade. I think that could work. Um, I think, you know, the, the tricky thing about a dish like this is it needs to be firm enough to stand up to the heat of a grill and, you know, to actually be able to sit on the grill and be easily manipulated, but also, um, you know, something that would absorb uh, the, the marinade pretty easily. I mean, I, I imagine you could use a range of uh, ingredients, you know, now that I'm thinking about it. You know, what if you took a uh, parsnip and peeled that mm -hmm. and then blanched it and let it sit in there? Um, that, I think that's going to be my challenge over this uh, apocalyptic period is uh, <laughs> I'm going to try some, maybe some um, winter vegetables and other things and just kind of um, play around with it. Yeah. I'm wondering too about taking this basic principle of blanching, then marinating, then grilling. And if people couldn't find tofu or didn't have it at home, and wanted to try this technique, mm -hmm. just like winging together some other kind of marinade, whether it was creamy yeah. or not. Do you think that just the general kind of process, is that something that you'd recommend people try out? For sure. I mean, I'm a big fan of um, blanching vegetables and then kind of further working with them. So for example, whenever I'm doing a vegetable stir fry, uh, I'll just quickly blanch them in um, you know, some heavily salted water for about 30 seconds, drain them, and then, I'll do the stir fry. I just find that it absorbs whatever marinade or sauces once cooking it in much easier um, after that process. And, you know, I, I think there are a number of techniques one might use. So for example, um, when thinking about substituting the um, silken tofu, uh, the thing that comes to mind quickly is maybe taking like some almond milk or oat milk or something of the nature, and then um, boiling it on low heat to reduce it. So maybe reducing it by half to thicken it and then using that in place of the um, tofu. I mean, I think the, the main thing is, um, you know, the lemon pepper wings are typically served with ranch dressing. And so I just thought that it'd be fun to have the dressing be creamier to kind of, you know, play off of um, that aspect of the, the dish. And so I think that's mostly what I'm looking for is just something to give it some kind of creamy feeling. And, you know, at this point in the game, I'm, I'm much less, um, judgmental and kind of having, you know, I don't have as much of an aversion to using some of the store-bought products. So I think they're probably like some vegan creams or, you know, vegan sour creams or something of that nature that you can um, use as well. Something like Miyoko's Cheese Company, they're doing some brilliant vegan cheeses and, and vegan butters and other products. So I'm a little less strict about those things now because I think qualitatively we're in a different place than we were like a, a decade ago. Okay. And full disclosure, I do not have a grill, nor do I have a grill pan at home. So I'm going to try broiling these to try and get some of that char. I threw a little uh, foil onto my uh, my sheet pan just to try and protect it from charring it too much. But do you, do you feel okay about that? 
substitution? Yeah. No, that's a great alternative. I, I, the two things that I've done in lieu of going outside and put it, putting it on the grill in my backyard um, are roasting it in the oven, which I think is great. Um, I think using some type of uh, foil or a sill pad or some type of parchment paper is probably a good idea. And then the other thing is we have this um, amazing um, all-clad panini pan that is pretty much all-purpose, but we often make uh, panini sandwiches for our kids. And I just put that on really high heat, you know, turn on the um, fan, and then I'll just like char it really quickly on that. And that worked really well as uh, a substitute also. So, you know, I think, as you said, just kind of like playing around, um, just seeing what works and then, you know, going from there. This is the Genius Recipe Tapes. We'll be right back. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. I do not have the new book here that this recipe comes from. You have it. Aha. (laughs) Um, Could you just tell us a little bit about this book? Yeah, I'll tell you about my book. I had an amazing book tour. We were starting and everything just kind of fell apart and I got canceled. But um, I'm here. (laughs) No, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad that we got, you know, the chance to just kind of like start the momentum. It, it started in January when I co-taught this class at UC Berkeley with Alice Waters. And that was just like a great kind of kickoff. And we got a chance to go to about seven cities before um, everything shut down. But, you know, this book, I've been working on it for the past three years. And, you know, I just feel like it's really my attempt to get people eating vegetables again. You know, I often say that I can make a lot of arguments for embracing a vegan diet for economic, for environmental, for ethical reasons. You know, when it comes to health reasons, I don't know if a vegan diet is the perfect diet for anyone. I don't know if there's any one perfect diet, but I do know that we can all stand to eat more vegetables, more fruits, more legumes and grains and just real food. And that's what this book is about, just focusing on vegetables. I wanted to give people a book where, you know, you could take it to the farmer's market, or you could just go to the farmer's market and see what's most beautiful. Even in this moment with restricted groceries, it's got this delicious, brilliant technique that can be applied to a bunch of different things, but it's going to be that much better when we can all be going out to the farmer's markets and, and grocery stores as freely as we would like to be doing right now. For sure. I mean, the thing is, I, I realize we're so privileged in Northern California, um, specifically the Bay Area, to have a farmer's market pretty much every day of the week. But I do realize that in other parts of the country, that's not a reality that people have. In fact, I, I realize that, you know, in, in many parts of the country, there are communities that don't have access to 
supermarket, you know, um, quickly. And, 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 and there are a lot of barriers for people just being able to get fresh produce in general. So I did write this, trying to keep one eye on um, those realities. And, you know, a lot of these things, obviously, I'd prefer if people got them from a farm or from a CSA program or from the farmer's market. And there, there's so many of the recipes in here that if you have access to a conventional supermarket, you can make most of the recipes in here. Writing books is always about kind of like thinking about these aspirational ideas about how I want people to cook, but also understanding the reality that um, many people have in terms of geographic location, in terms of time constraints, you know, in terms of the rigors of daily life. And so um, it's all about kind of balancing those things for me. Well, I think this hit that note perfectly because as a mom of a almost one-year-old uh, who has not a lot of time to cook right now, I found it very, very accessible, but also aspirational in that it was something I had never done before and I got really excited to do myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a lot of cool recipes in here. I think when you're, well, I'm assuming your kids eating solid foods now. Um, so yeah, you know, a lot of them, I mean, they're, they're certainly made for adults, but they were inspired by the type of things that we might feed our kids when we first started them on solid food. So, you know, for example, there's this um, charred um, lemon and broccoli spread in here. And, and that's the type of thing that, you know, these kind of ingredient driven simple recipes where the kid gets to actually enjoy the full flavors of the vegetable without it being kind of adulterated by all this other stuff. And so the book was really dedicated to my daughters. I I feel like if they like the recipes in here, I think most people would. It's not a kid's book, but I did want like this array of vegetables and, and different diverse ingredients to appeal to them and most kids. And I think ultimately that's what this book is about. It's about, you know, bringing families together. I hope the whole seat the table process, you know, if people have room at home to grow food, that they're actually planting food and growing their food at home. But if not, tapping into whatever local food sources, getting the whole family involved and choosing what's freshest and then coming home and eating together. I really appreciate that aspect of your book too, because I end up feeding my daughter a whole lot of really boring steamed vegetables and (laughs) she's on to me with it. So being able to... um, incorporate new flavors is something that I'm really trying to do. Awesome. Best of luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't always work out. Yeah, no, I know. Trust me. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about the soundtrack that goes along with this cookbook? Yeah. So uh, one of the signatures to my work is I, I typically include a suggested song with every recipe. And I went a step further in Vegetable Kingdom by actually providing a whole playlist at the beginning of the book with all the songs so you can see them in one place. And um, if people have access to Spotify, you can actually go and search for the Vegetable Kingdom playlist. And so it has all the songs in the book um, on a playlist that you can listen to when you're cooking and hanging out with friends, eating. I mean, not to brag on myself, but you know, it's interesting because I didn't put the playlist together with the kind of uh, eye of of a DJ in terms of like, you know, all the songs kind of like blending in, in each other it was really driven by, you know, what recipe, how the recipe might have inspired a song or how a song might have inspired the recipe. And so it was kind of hodgepodge in that way. But, you know, when I listened to it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is actually a really good mix that kind of flows together nicely. So I think people are going to enjoy that. Thank you so much. We are in such a rut with the music that we're listening to. So I will be listening to that tonight. <laughs> cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Brian, thank you so much for 
all this background and all these pointers um, for helping me cook this right now and helping everyone at home cook it. Um, I hope you stay safe out there and get lots of good things to eat in this very odd period of our lives. Yeah, thank you. That's that's actually been my my one kind of creative outlet is making these elaborate meals for my family. So that food has been keeping me sane. But um, yeah, I wish you all the best in Brooklyn and, you know, just count our blessings. That's what we're definitely doing um, as inconvenient as this can be. I know there are a lot of people who've been struggling and this moment is just going to exacerbate those struggles. So I try to hold that and just give thanks. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening. Our show was put together by Coral Lee, Gabriella Mangino, Alif Barsumian, and me, Kristen McGlory. You can find all the Genius Recipes videos and stories on our site, food52.com. And if you have a Genius Recipe that you'd like to share, please email it to me at genius at food52.com. I am always hunting. If you like the Genius Recipe tapes, be sure to rate and review us. It really helps. See you next time.